This program is brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. At SoundsTrue.com, you can find hundreds of downloadable audio learning programs, plus books, music, videos, and online courses and events. At SoundsTrue.com, we think of ourselves as a trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. SoundsTrue.com. Many voices, one journey. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today, my guests are Peter Fenner and Jeff Foster for a special edition of Insights at the Edge, a dialogue on unconditioned awareness and the challenges of everyday life. Peter Fenner studied as a monk for nine years with many notable Buddhist lamas, including Tubten Yeshe and Sogyal Rinpoche. He is the founder of the Center for Timeless Wisdom and With Sounds True has published a book and an audio series called Radiant Mind, where he presents a practical approach to non-dual philosophy, specifically adapted for Westerners. Peter Fenner is joined in this dialogue with Jeff Foster. Jeff studied astrophysics at Cambridge University, and after a period of depression and physical illness, embarked on an intensive spiritual search that came to an end with his discovery that life itself was what he had always been seeking. In 2012, Jeff was voted one of the world's 100 most spiritually influential living people by Watkins Magazine. And with Sounds True, Jeff Foster has written a book and created an audio series called The Deepest Acceptance, where he shows the way out of suffering into what he calls the deepest acceptance. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, Peter, Jeff, and I spoke about awareness itself and three aspects of awareness, duration, purity, and depth. We also talked about what happens to our awareness when we're experiencing intense emotional or physical pain, and is it possible to remain connected to awareness in such circumstances. We also talked about how to know when somebody's using teachings on awareness to not connect either with oneself or with another person. Here's my dialogue with Peter Fenner and Jeff Foster. Okay, we're finding each other here on the Cyber Bridge. Peter and Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Tammy. Okay, so let's get into this topic, unconditioned awareness. Uh, This is not, I think, a term that is part of most people's everyday vocabulary. Hi, unconditioned awareness. I mean, it doesn't doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. And, you know, uh, Peter, I know this is uh, an important term for you in your work. So just to start, can you define it for our listeners? And, you know, why this word unconditioned? Isn't awareness enough? I mean, of a big word that, you know, takes us into awareness. Why is it unconditioned awareness? It is awareness. Awareness is enough. If we, like, are aware of the distinction between the contents of awareness 
what's arising in awareness and awareness itself. But often the two get conflated. We think awareness and it's what's happening in awareness, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're seeing. So unconditioned is strictly not necessary. But what we're pointing to here is not what's happening in the field, but just the pure like act of receptivity, the capacity, the receptivity to receive whatever is happening in awareness. So it's just awareness is great. Yeah, that's enough. Just awareness. Like now, people are talking about, you know, the awareness teachings, the awareness transmission. So I think that simpler phrase is now working. Uh Uh-huh. Now, Jeff, in your work, when you're pointing to something like awareness, it seems that you often use metaphors. But if you weren't using a metaphor, how what what word in the English language occurs to you to refer to awareness? Well, I think you know. In the end, it's um, what we're really talking about is something that's prior prior to words, you know, prior to language, uh, prior to concepts. You know, as, as Peter was saying, I mean, all all of those things, you know, uh, thoughts, like concepts, words, they all they all come and go. You know, um, so really, what we're speaking about is something that doesn't doesn't come and go. It's not part of that world of coming and going. You know, I mean, ev- everyone has the ability to. Let's just talk in a really simple way. You know, everyone has the ability to observe thoughts. You know, to to look at their thoughts, to to be aware of thoughts, rather than being you know caught up in thoughts and stories we have we have this in this inherent i would say ability to in a way just take that broader perspective you know and, and in a sense look at thoughts you know we it's incredible really that, that we can that we can actually do that that we can say oh look that that's a thought that's a thought so so what is that i mean that's really what we're pointing to what is that inherent you could say ability what what is what is that 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 notices thoughts coming and going but seems to always be present, whether thoughts are present or not present, you know, whether words are present or not present, whether concepts, images are present or not present, well, what is that? Call it, call it awareness, call it, actually call it whatever you want in the end, but that's the real inquiry, you know, at the heart of it. What, what is that that seems to be always here, no matter what's going on, you know, something that's always here, so... Not sure if that answers your question, but um. yeah. Well, what I what I notice when I when I listen to you both, and when I read your books, and listen to your audio programs, and I and I think probably many listeners might share this experience, is that when you're pointing to awareness, unconditioned awareness, to that what's always here, I'm right with you. I feel right there. Uh, I'm I'm in this big open kind of way of of being, but then when I'm not listening to you, you know, often it's more a kind of experience that just comes and goes. You know, may, maybe it's there, maybe it's not there, and and I wonder if you could talk about that. Uh, Jeff, Peter, <laughs> what what has occurred in unconditioned awareness? Okay. Um, 
it, it is a, for me, it's a paradox. What we're talking about, awareness, <clears throat> which sometimes I just prefer to talk about it as this, <clears throat> just this, not even awareness. Because now, like with the three of us and our listeners, we can use a word like this and we know what we're pointing to. We know we're not pointing to a thing. It is the, the centerless space, <clears throat> you know, as Jeff talks about. Um, so it's the this. And the paradox is that this <clears throat> is beyond everything. It's beyond existence, non-existence. We can't say it is. We can't say it isn't. It's like, totally beyond everything. We can't lose it because it's not a thing that we have. Can't, there's no ownership of this, just is. So we can't lose it. We can't gain it. There's nothing to have. It's not like an accomplishment, an achievement. But the paradox is that like we do move into and out of it. There are times when we think, I've lost it when there's nothing to lose. I'm not in it when there's nothing to be in just like the play of the mind, what it does, and how we believe what we think so often. The mind's so convincing. We think something and we think, ah, that's so. I have no longer got it. Got one. Then that beautiful thing is that then we can think, I've lost what? And then we can be back here, seeing that we can't lose it. I think that's that's the beautiful thing about it, you know. E even if we do, like, even if in the present moment we do have this this sense, some kind of sense that we've we've lost it, you know, whatever we think it is, there's a sense that we've lost it. What, what I would say is that you know, even that, even that sense, if that's what's arising in this moment, you know, e even that sense that you've lost it is is it? That, you know, that's that's how infinitely close this always is, although sometimes it feels as though awareness or whatever, whatever we want to call it, you know, is, is infinitely far away. And actually, you could argue that that's, that's suffering in a way, you know, feeling, feeling the sense that what you long for is infinitely far away, that's suffering. But then, you know, in any moment, and this is why I say every moment is the invitation, you know, even the sense of longing, even a sense that you've lost awareness, Exactly that is the shape that awareness is taking in this moment. So in, in, that, in that sense, you can never truly lose it. In the ultimate sense, you can never truly lose it. Although, of course, as Peter said so beautifully, I mean, that's the paradox is sometimes you can feel as though you've lost it. It seems as though you've lost it, you know? Now, this experience, this is what I want to talk about, that for most people their sense of, you could say, being connected to awareness, resting in awareness, being, you can call it this or that, I don't care what word we use, whatever. The sense of this being as awareness, it comes and it goes. And I want to find out from the two of you, is that your experience? Uh, it's my experience, yes. Yeah, it's sort of, it's, it's here, it's just, there's, there can, there's a recognition 
and then like there can be yeah, like a real solid recognition, even a checking of the recognition by like what I call checking questions. Can I do more of this? It makes no sense. There's nothing being done. Can I improve this? Can I like tweak it up, make it better? No, impossible because there's nothing to to improve on. Can I lose this? No, there's nothing here that I'm holding on to that, that, that I'm having. It's not an experience. And then, like at some future time, suffering is happening. How I see it is that something's happening that's not aligned with my preferences. When that happens, I suffer. It's like I don't like it. It's not how I want it to be. Uh, but if you actually look, you can never see yourself losing it. That's impossible because there's nothing to lose. So it's like the mind thinks I've lost it and then, the, as I said, the beautiful thing is just it's so simple to re-enter this often by just thinking, what is it that I've lost? Ah, I'm in the wrong, I'm thinking in the wrong paradigm. I, I am here already. But still, Peter, what you're saying is that your experience is of a coming and going at the experiential yeah. level. Jeff, yeah. what about you? Yeah, well, in, in a way, there's, 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 there's kind of two answers to that question. Um, one is yes. You know, of course, sometimes, you know, there's, you call it some kind of forgetting of, you know, my, my true nature as awareness, you know, uh, and getting sucked back to you know sucked back into a some kind of story or concept um but then there's there's another answer which also feels true actually is is that actually i i never leave this because there's a sense these days that even if even when that's happening even whilst that's happening you know the kind of getting caught upness the the stuckness that there's something even underlying that you know that there's that even that forgetting is somehow part of it too, you know. There's there's that kind of deeper knowing. That even even the forgetting, you could say, even even the struggle, even the suffering, is somehow allowed. It's somehow being held in the vastness that I am. So it's 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 a funny question because there's in a way there's always for me there's always two answers to that. You know, is it yes I can still get caught up. Um, Probably, I would say, not nearly as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, sometimes there, there's this forgetting on one level. And then there's this, this other level, which seems... To, and these two levels seem to be kind of happening at the same time. This is, this is just a way of saying it, you know, that there's really something that I never lose, that I can't lose, that even when I feel that I've lost awareness. Because it is appearing as that in that moment you know because in the moment it's appearing as the sense of having lost something you know it's it's, it's like this just total um the sense of always being held somehow you know it's, it's kind of hard to put hard to put into words so yeah i mean really there's there's, there's two answers to that question peter do you have a a, a response to that I mean, does that sound a little bit like a like a waffle or a shuffle, or or does that make sense to you? Uh, 
I don't like language it, think about it exactly that way because uh, for me when I've lost it like I was sharing earlier you know that I've been just recently in uh, what I call excruciating pain with a disc herniation and um, there was I mean the unconditioned awareness was nowhere in the picture it's just uh, get me out of here as fast as you can like every microsecond doctors are coming in shooting me out with morphine giving me something to breathe to make it you know more comfortable or do yeah and um, it's just in that space it would I can't say that it's sort of still there somehow within a few minutes you know I, I think for me what's happening here is and what I've what I realize more and more is that to be resting in the space that we're talking about resting in this as awareness the conditions have to be right we have to be pretty comfortable not stirred up not in the midst of like high pressure activity not experiencing intense pain like there's some threshold of pain and disturbance that makes it very difficult for most of us for me most of us impossible just to rest in this space of utter equanimity and acceptance and it's important to realize that the conditions are, are really quite pretty limited and it's easy for things when they're not how we would like them to just get involved in then trying to manipulate reality unsuccessfully because we can't put our hands on reality there's no one to do it and we can't touch this in the moment it's like we're trying to do something that's totally impossible trying to manipulate reality it's pointless fruitless always doomed to failure that's why we suffer so for me no it's uh, it's beyond loss and gain this state so I can't exactly say that it's always here because it's not it's beyond existing which is not to say it's nothing well Peter what you're saying is very interesting because I think uh, most ordinary mortals would say I have I think you know have the experience that yes conditions need to be right mm. and yeah. I can touch and rest in the unconditioned when the conditions are right yeah I'm right mm. there mm. Uh, and that's what I was saying in terms of whether it's uh, reading certain books or mm. having a mm. moment where the candle is lit etc but mm -hmm, that the mm. rest of the time you know no that's mm. why I listen to a dialogue like this or mm. I, I buy certain books or programs is to help me return mm. to the unconditioned but to hear mm. you uh, a teacher of mm -hmm. unconditioned awareness say that mm. you also have that experience mm -hmm. that I think that many people might find that um, surprising 
because they, there, there's this idea that these great teachers are don't need the conditions to be perfect. Right. I, I think there are great teachers for whom that's true. I think we know that. There are great teachers, great masters, great yogis for whom death, I mean death for me is like the real test, but for whom death is uneventful. It's a non-event. It's like insignificant, totally. In fact, it's bliss. It's just an opportunity for like really uh, resting in deep bliss consciousness. And I, I don't think that's me. Looking at myself at this point, like how I function, how I'm conditioned, what my preferences are, there's incredible scope for evolution. You know, this lifetime, beyond this lifetime, however. But incredible scope for evolution. What in, in my book with you, in Radiant Mind, I talk about the deepening, the deepening of the presencing of uh, unconditioned awareness. How to, Im- how to have it embedded in our conditioning more and more embedded in our everyday life, no matter what's happening in that. You talk about these three, uh, you could call them aspects of, of the deepening of unconditioned mm. awareness, how long we can stay in unconditioned awareness, the duration, mm. the purity, mm. and then the depth. And I wonder if you mm. could talk about each of those three points briefly, and then I'd love to hear if, uh, Jeff, if that relates at all to your experience, this idea of duration, purity, and depth. But, but go ahead, Peter, and lay it out a bit for us. Okay, thank you, Tammy. The, the purity is uh, like pretty simple. We're, we've been uh, like presencing and talking about the purity in our conversation together when we're saying, when Jeff said, this cannot be lost or gained. This goes beyond lost or gain. It goes, goes beyond existing and not existing. It's not a thing or a non-thing. That's like a pure expression of this. But what can happen is people can give what I call like a metaphysical overlay on this. This, like which is not a thing, can be qualified in different ways. So it's just a recognition of that, that it's great to like get this in the real purity of this, that it's no one doing nothing going nowhere and so on um, the uh, duration is just like how long so Jeff was saying this is more and more available to me over the years that's how I think it happens and the best way to look at it to frame it is how we're working with this not in one month not in even six months, but like two years, five years, ten years, that's the type of time frame because in one month something can arise that is just like totally takes you off track, something that's really challenging, losing your job, going, getting into a relationship, out of a relationship, big physical difficulty, death in the family, whatever, and then it's like, you know, you're just not 
in the space for the cultivation and presencing, maybe, of awareness. So you need a longer time frame to really see how the work, working with this stuff, as you're saying, through listening, reading, going to teachings, etc., how that's impacting us over two years, five years, and so on. And then the depth is the extent to which we can be here in this place where we're not needing to escape. There's no energy whatsoever for needing to escape when the conditions are really challenging. Like when, you know, the stuff's there, when someone's like really, whatever we might think, dumping on us, just giving us a blast of their stuff or our bodies doing weird stuff, we're not running away. We can still be in this state of pure equanimity in the moment, getting the perfection of the moment and knowing that there's nothing to be improved or taken away from it, that we have everything we need, everything that we can conceivably uh, realize in the moment. So, Jeff, do these three uh, dimensions or, or aspects of, of depth, purity, duration, is that meaningful to you in any way? Sure, yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to what Peter is saying. Um, let, me, let me just say it in my own way, and then we can see if we can build some kind of bridge. I mean, I think we, we all have our own language for this, you know. I mean, I, I, certainly, I use kind of my own words. and um, uh, I, I think sometimes what happens, and I, I've seen this in a lot of people that I've met over the years, and I, saw, I certainly saw this in myself, that you know, we, sometimes we can, we can confuse awareness with a certain feeling or a certain state or a certain thought. So, so for example, this is what I used to think. You know, if, I'm, if I'm feeling good, I must be in awareness. You know, if, if certain if 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 there's a feeling of joy, oh, I must be in awareness. If you know, we we kind of confuse being in awareness with feeling a certain way. The, the thing about you know, I discovered anyway. I mean, the thing about thoughts and feelings is that they tend to be temporary. They tend to come and go. You know, so this is what would happen to me. You know, I, I would there would like a really joyful, loving feeling would would appear. And it would be great. Ah, great. You know, I'm, I must be in awareness now because there's a joyful, loving feeling. And then what would happen is the joyful, loving feeling would disappear. Then I would think, oh, I've, I've lost awareness because the joyful, loving feeling has disappeared. You know, I think that, that can really happen is that we confuse unconditioned awareness with conditions, if that makes sense. I think Peter was talking a little bit about this. We can confuse unconditioned awareness with, with contents, you know, contents being thoughts, sensations, feelings. Um, so I completely forgot why I was saying that can anyone help me well for, so for <laughs> me that, that yeah for me that would connect exactly I mean now you're talking of exactly what I'm intending to mean by purity yeah, the, yeah. and it becomes impure when there's like a confusion when we think that feeling bliss feeling equanimous, feeling really settled, yeah. serene, loving, is the ultimate state. But as you say, it's temporary. It does come and go. It's a conditioned experience. I think that's such an important point to make. I really do, you know, because it's... Otherwise, we, 
we start seeking, you know, we start looking for that bliss state or that, you know, that sense of oneness or that sense of freedom even, you know, it becomes, um, becomes something to look for. And then inevitably what we're going to, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that inherently, you know, of course, but inevitably what, what we're going to do then, I think we're going to start comparing our present experience in this moment exactly as it is this you know the shape the exact shape that shape that this moment takes now we're going to start comparing this shape with some image some idea of the shape that this moment should be taking because that that would be awareness you know if if this moment had that shape then i would be there whereas actually i think what we're saying is that um You know, this is right now in this moment this is the shape that this moment takes um, I, I think what I was saying before was you know um, even if right now in this moment there's some sense of discomfort or struggle I mean I've in my life you know I've, some of my greatest insights about awareness have, have come in those in those moments of, of terror you know and horror and you know feeling I hate life and I want out you know and then the, the, the strange thing is it's sometimes it's been exactly those experiences exactly those moments that have been the, the portals to discovering awareness not, not, not through running away from that experience I mean even, even the sense I used to have this all the time even the sense of wanting to die I mean, in the end you know if, if that if that feeling, that emotion, whatever you want to call it, if, if that, that movement can just be there just for a moment, just, just be allowed somehow to, to be here. And then the, then the question becomes, well, what, what is allowing this feeling? What is holding this feeling? What is providing the space for this feeling? What, what is so vast and so unlimited and so pure and so ever-present that it would even it would even allow, it would even take the shape of this, this so-called negative feeling. You know, and, and I think it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the feeling goes away. You know, it's not if I discover awareness, then this will go away. If, you know, it's not seeing awareness as some solution to this present problem it's it's actually awareness is that which is allowing this moment you holding this moment embracing this moment um that's that's for me it was you know that 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 was huge that discovery because i i had always thought of spirituality you know i, th- I thought the whole point of spirituality was to get to get to a point where the moment is always perfect you know you know, if or if if I was in pure awareness, then you know, the moment would always be perfect. And, and I started to see, wait, that that's um, that's that's a very subtle form of escape, actually. You know, awareness is not a destination. It's it's like it's it's the gra- it's the ground. You know, it's it's that it's that which is allowing this moment, holding this moment. Um, I mean, for for me in my, in my journey, that that was a huge discovery. You know that awareness was actually home. 
You're listening to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. We welcome you to learn more about our collection of more than a thousand learning programs and receive two free gifts just for visiting us. Just go to soundstrue.com backslash free gifts. That's soundstrue.com backslash free gifts. And now back to Insights at the Edge. Now, now, Jeff, have you had experiences in the last few years that might be similar in any sense to Peter sharing with us this intense physical pain that he experienced recently? I mean, is there anything in your experience recently like that? Really serious physical pain and awareness was nowhere to be found? It wasn't physical pain. Uh, I've, I've been quite lucky the past few years, actually. I mean, I, I had... It was about, I don't know, four or five years ago now, I, I did have a, an operation where I, for the first time in my life, you know, there was kind of excruciating physical pain, but, um, which I learned a hell of a lot from that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I guess it was three, three years ago now. It wasn't physical pain, but it was, you know, real emotional pain. It was to do with a, um, I won't go into details, it was to do with a, a breakup of a long-term relationship and that that was unexpected, you know, because here, <laughs> you know, here here I was with all, maybe on some subtle subtle level, some unconscious level, some idea that I had, you know, that I was there, you know, that I had made it, that I that now I'm in unconditioned awareness, right? I, I you know, I must have on some subtle level had turned that into a a new identity for myself. I'm in unconditional awareness. Well, life, you know, life in its infinite compassion. You know, it, um, I think it tends to enjoy shattering dreams. You know, so yeah, I, I remember sitting there a few years ago in in my apartment, and just this, you know, excruciating wave of um, just this sense of loss. You know, that's what it. I mean, unexpected. Um, this kind of crushing sense of loss. You know, the loss of dreams. The um, and then this this. Something that I hadn't experienced for many years was was jealousy, you know. And it was like this this raging torrent, you know. But um, I mean, that, uh, luckily, I, you know, I've I've learned these days just to to really honour what comes up. And it, so I I just sat I sat with that for for many many days, and just you know, and it it was um, incredibly painful. And you know, and I watched watched the mind wanting to run off into past and future and all the things it's doing. But I just kept on coming back, coming back, coming back to here and now, here and now, here and now, here and now. You know, and eventually it started to it passed. <clears throat> you know, um, but yeah, that that's you know, in, yeah, in in for those few days there was no unconditioned awareness to be found. There was just you know, there was just pain. But through just sitting with it, you know, I can't say I've, I've learned the solution. But I guess what I have learned over the years is to somehow trust. I don't know. It's some, it's some I always come back to this. It's some strange trust, I guess, in, in awareness itself that actually, you know, you may feel like excruciating pain right now, but on some level, 
I know that you, you are only awareness moving. You, know, you are only life moving. It doesn't make it any better in the moment. It doesn't make it go away, but it's... Um, yeah, and, and it's coming through that. And, come, and actually, awareness was still there. You know, the, the, the pain surges up. Physical pain, emotionally, it surges up and it does its thing and it tries to convince you that... You know, you've lost it and, and you'll never find awareness again. And then suddenly, oh, 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 I get it. <laughs> this is it too. This is it too. Oh, and uh, how could I have ever have doubted that, you know? But that's, that's, the, that's the strange thing. I mean, you, it's, it's like the cruci- constant crucifixion, resurrection, whatever we want to say. It's... Um, I mean, I think life, that's why I always say life is the real teaching, it's the real guru. You know, we can, we can sit here and talk about, you know, life in, the, in an abstract sense. But, I mean, you know, Peter, as you were saying so beautifully with, you know, with, with the physical pain that you, that you were going through and, you know, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, you know, grief, sadness, it's, I think somehow it all contains the same, the same invitation, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, in a way, you know, it was hell, but I, I'm so grateful for hell. In hindsight. Yeah, yeah. In, in yeah, hindsight, yeah. you can say that. You know, at the time, it's hard to say that. But in hindsight, yeah, somehow you can always say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems to me that you can have like a, a thin appreciation of awareness. Like when the conditions are right. And then you really can uh, expand it and deepen it so that it's a more, yeah, just the capacity is there to be present, to be aware, no matter what is happening, or at least an expansion is possible. And that becomes the path for me. The path becomes just being here whenever we can. There's no practice as such. There's nothing to do. The only practice is to sort of recognize when we can be here and like take advantage of it. Be here now. Be here as it's happening. And then it like it creates a resource. It creates a predisposition. So then in the midst of difficult stuff, in the midst of life, we can get back here in a fraction of a second. There's no journey has to happen. It's just re-recognition, re-recognition that, oh wow, awareness, that's what's happening. It's not just the contents, but it's just being in the ground of being. And that does become uh, automatic. You don't even have to do it. You just, uh, it's there. Who, who is this happening to? I, wow, my God, I can't find who's experiencing this. And then there's, yeah, a re-entry. Um, you, you know what? Not, not even a re. Go on, go on. Yeah. So, Peter, you know, I was just. Um, I think in a way, this was what I was trying to touch on before. I think you said it so beautifully just now that, um, and this just made me think that you know perhaps. E- this is what I was trying to say. I think you know, even the, the apparent losing of it, which which is suffering, perhaps even that in the end is some kind of strange invitation. It's like life saying, look, you, mm. you've forgotten, you've forgotten, and mm-hmm. it hurts, like it hurts to forget. Yeah. 
it hurts yeah. to forget home. So then, you know, from that from that perspective, I think you have to be quite we have to be quite careful when we say this. And I don't think I said this very skillfully before, but you know, even our suffering, seen from this perspective, is mm. is it's not a block to unconditional awareness. It it right. becomes like an invitation. Like it's like this ingenious invitation. Look, look, you've forgotten who you mm-hmm. you forgot who you mm-hmm. were, and it hurt mm-hmm. like hell. Mm-hmm. But that's right. intelligent. That's intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think that's what I was trying to say before, and it didn't quite. Mm. I think that's what I was trying to point to. You know, when I said there's there's this kind of some strange underlying sense that even the suffering is. Well, then it, it's that's there's no words for that. You know, because yeah. the moment I say perfect, or you know, even the suffering is perfect, ugh, mm. because it's not. <laughs> it's suffering. Mm. But I think f- from from some bigger perspective, e- even the suffering is some kind of intelligent call to remember awareness. For sure. I mean, suffering, all the suffering that happens for us, it is our way of trying to be here. Yeah. I mean, it's not working. And it might, who knows how long it's going to take, but it is all in the endeavor of being here, of, of being free of it. So. Yeah, it's like got to happen to get through it. Now, now Peter, you, you talked about these three days when you were in excruciating pain and awareness wasn't really anywhere to be found. Did you feel now that you were changed by that experience in some way? I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got, a lot of things have happened in recent years, particularly, uh, yeah, different physical things. How were you changed Body. by that? How were you changed by that experience? I think just the... Uh, I'm not sure, Tammy, at the moment. I think there's a deeper... I hope there's a deeper appreciation of people, being able to meet people in deeper places. And um, also seeing the limits of uh, some of the so-called non-dual technology, like, you know, the, like saying the right stuff. So in the midst of excruciating stuff, I'm thinking when I was in Europe around Christmas, you know, people might say to me, when I was nearly jumping out of my skin, this is a different, uh, not my back, but with a like knee replacement, um, they would say, Peter, but, you know, there's no one to experience this. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know what the intention of saying it to me was, but it sort of felt so irrelevant and so inappropriate that, yeah, it's making me more appreciative of when, of the power of just connecting with where people are and being able to get into that more deeply. I mean, the human embodiment, the human nervous system, the amount of pain that it's capable of producing is, I don't know if it's infinite, but you just think of torture, like when the intention is to produce the maximum pain for someone without killing them. And the, you know, tens of thousands of people to whom that's happening right now as we speak. So I think it's just giving me a, a deeper sense of the humanity 
that what's happening on our planet and uh, not just uh, and just being able to be with that, enter it, like be an intimate relationship with deeper, more intensely contracted states without um, and knowing that there's a way out. There's a way to get through that, not knowing how long it will take or how to do it. So I think that's the, yeah, the, the capacity that, uh, and also just the beauty of knowing that you can, what Jeff was saying, the beauty of knowing that you can be in excruciating pain and you can make a journey into it. I mean, this is what I understand, big part of, Jeff's teaching and offering, the way that we can make a journey. It's like Tantra as well, uh, you know, in Tibetan Buddhism and Hinduism. You can make a journey into pain and transmute that into bliss. Just knowing that you can do it. And, you know, I, I've done it a few times. I mean, I, I can't do it consistently. But just knowing that for some people... Energy is bliss. It doesn't matter what form that energy is taking. It might initially manifest as pain, but the pure fact that it's nervous energy means it has the potential for being bliss. So having made that journey a few times is fantastic just to know that it's possible to do that. So really two those two things knowing that that possibility of transmutation of pain into bliss and being able to connect with people more fully, more deeply, at the same time as presencing awareness and knowing that my role, I hope, is to support people in making the journey from wherever they are through to awareness, beyond pleasure and pain, but being able to start in at more deeply contracted states with people. Now, now let's say someone's listening to this who's mm. in a difficult spot in their life right now, mm. in some way or mm. another, some kind of mm. uh, suffering, emotional or physical pain. What kind of uh, directional pointers, if you will, would you uh, both offer? Uh, Jeff, you want to start? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 ne I never come to someone, you know, knowing what I'm going to say or having, you know, I, I don't really have a, a toolbox that I carry with me. You know, I, I always try and respond to people in the moment. Um, I mean, what, what I always do with people, I just, I, I think Peter spoke to this beautifully. It's, you know, to meet people really where they are. And I know that's come up, become a bit of a cliche, but it's, it's so, 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 so important, you know, to, to meet someone where they are, to um, just valid, validate, validate mm. their present experience, even if it's, mm. Mm. If it's messy and it's, it's not, it's not um, pleasant or it's not, um, it doesn't match your image or their image of, of how, what their experience should be like. It's like forgetting about the shoulds, you know. So, so right now you you feel sad, okay. Right now you're in excruciating pain and you can't see a way out. 
okay. It's like meeting them there. Now, I think that's a huge part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. do. Just just that meeting, just mm-hmm. to look. I I mm-hmm. I see you. I see you. Mm. I see you there, and I'm I'm not just for a moment. I'm not going to try and stop you mm-hmm. having the experience that you're having. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think that's huge, you know, especially mm-hmm. in our cult, in the Western culture. Who, mm-hmm. I mean, who's really doing that with anyone? I mean, really, <laughs> you know, who's who's really doing that with anyone? Just saying, okay, okay, that's where you are, and and. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean that—that's where I begin with people, and, and then from 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 that place, you know, it's from that place we can start to take a look at you know things like, uh, you know, who who is who is having this experience, you know, who's who's you know, is is this sadness yours? Are you are you are you trapped within the sadness, or are you are you? the space for the sadness, you know, and um, inviting people to, to come out of their stories of past and future and what should happen and what shouldn't have happened, you know, trying to control the universe, you know, sitting here trying to control the rest of the universe, you know, trying to change the past, trying to change the future. I mean, that, that, I think that's a huge part of our suffering, you know, our, our attempt to control the uncontrollable, you know, um, and that's, that's something I've learned myself over and over and over and over again. That, you know, so much of my suffering comes from trying to control the universe in this in this moment, sitting here, trying to control the past, change the past, change the future, and then ultimately trying trying to change this moment, trying to have a different experience. You know, so um. I mean, these are some of the things I, I explore with people. I, I um, but really, in the end, you know, I, I just see I see what I do anyway is just um, offering a a um, invitation. I think really, when it comes to this stuff, you can only really invite people. You you can't force this stuff upon people, you know. I think it can, I think like Peter was saying before, it's um, or he, he was kind of talking about it. It's a kind of cruelty in a way, you know, when when you're in excruciating pain and someone, some non-dual whatever person comes up to you and, and says oh well, you know, there's no one there having pain or, or who's having pain you know, it's like you're not you're not ready to hear that and you may never be and actually it can just it can just be a way of invalidating someone's experience, actually in in the moment there is excruciating pain so let's begin there, let's begin right there you know, because that—that's for me. That—that's—that's that's the doorway. Present experience is the entry point, and I don't think there can yeah. be any other. There's no other entry point. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's no other entry point. That's the entry point. Mm-hmm. Peter, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, yes, beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree that you. Uh, begin like with this total uh, capacity to identify and I think that's what happens through you know presencing journeying our own pain it increases our resource for identifying with uh, 
just the incredible things that that can happen for people. So yeah, begins with that. No, no rejection of it. No idea that it couldn't be happening, shouldn't be happening. That people could can move through it in an instant, but. Being with it, right? really connecting, so people really getting that you got them, that you you do you. We we know what's happening for them, and being with that for some time. But at the same time, through all of that, knowing that it does not have to be like that. There's no contradiction between the two. Total identification, and also. Resting in awareness, knowing that in any instant, in the next microsecond, it can shift and change, and and knowing that if we're present and with someone and in awareness ourselves, it like it has a transformational effect, and it's not techniques and technology; it's just being in awareness ourselves, totally open, boundaryless state. Letting their reality enter us, they become us. We are them. Their suffering is our suffering. It's no different. It's not like this is happening to them. Thank God, it's not happening to me. It's in our sphere of consciousness, universal consciousness. But we're resting in awareness, and it's producing a fast or slow doesn't matter, but a transformational effect on the suffering that's happening. For the person who thinks, "Ah, this is mine. This is happening to me," so just being with them in that way, and yes, there can be a skillful、uh, contribution we can make in language. But a lot of it's just the energetic resonance that we're producing through that the oneness of consciousness. It's like we're not thinking, "Ah, you know, this is yeah." It, it, it says. It's as close to us as our own suffering, even though it's not as immediate. So that, of course, lets us still continue to rest in awareness, and that's where the work gets done. A lot of it, I feel, really, really exquisite, beautiful work, in which people can be in like intense suffering, and then sometime later, one minute, five minutes later, it can just break up. Not be there, and they can't even reconstitute it. Now, now you both have talked about how、uh, it's not just annoying; it's、um, uh, terrible. It feels when some、uh, non-dual person says to you, "You know, who's who's in a bad mood? Who's who's grumpy? Who who feels terrible right now? Who's grieving?" You know, I mean,、uh, honestly, that's the kind of thing that would make me want to punch said person. <laughs> who who wants to、uh, punch Tammy? Right, exactly.、Uh, Jeff, if only you were in the room with me, I would show you exactly who wanted to punch you. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to punch?、Uh, and I think one of the things I'd love to hear you both speak to is how do we each know? How does somebody know when they're using? Teachings on awareness to not connect, to either not connect with oneself or not connect with another person. Is there is there a type of litmus test for that?、Uh, yeah, I think there. Go on, Joe. No, 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 Peter, please. 
uh, yeah, I think there is. I think some of it is uh, just how we are hearing ourselves and that w it's the difference between um, saying something and like it coming out of our memory bank, out of our history. It's coming out of something that we have said before or know how to say or have heard from someone. In contrast to the words we're saying being shaped moment by moment by the, the particularities of the situation we're in. That's what's shaping what we're saying. It's not coming out of memory. It's coming out of our connection with awareness and in intimate communication like really feeling into the person that, not, not pushing in, but just receiving, fully receiving the person that we're with. So it's the to a, lot, a lot of it's the tonality of the voice, where our voice is coming from. Is it coming from the mind? Is it coming from the heart? When we're saying, we could be saying the same thing. But is it coming just like, uh, just a uh, slogan from the mind or are we in intimate relationship with the person that we're sharing this moment with? Jeff, anything to add to that? I, I, think, <clears throat> I think that was so beautiful. I don't think there's a lot to add to that really. I mean, I... I um, I don't know, you know, these days I'm, I'm not so interested in um, the, you know, lectures um, about awareness. I think, I, think, I think I used to do that many years ago, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> I think so easily, I think so easily, you know, awareness can just become another concept because, you know, thought mind will turn anything into into a new concept so now it becomes our our concept of awareness and and we can we can read books about awareness and learn about awareness and, and even teach you know about awareness but you know there's a yeah i mean as peter as you were saying really there's a there's a world of difference between knowing about awareness and and being that you know knowing yourself as that um yeah, I don't know so much about a litmus test, but I mean, all all I know, you know, when I, when I meet people, and I I don't mind if they're you know if they're a non-dual teacher or not a non-dual teacher. It doesn't, you know, or, or they're a, someone on the street or or a, you know someone I don't know in in a cafe or their uh, relative. Uh, uh, I don't know anyone. You know, it's it's. Um, you know, what's yeah? As Peter was saying, what's the quality of our connection? You know, are we are we are we here together? Do I do I feel you? <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> when when you're are, are your do your words feel um, regurgitated? Do they do they feel secondhand? <clears throat> is it is, whose voice are you speaking in? Is it is it's, it's, it's I mean, and again, these, these are just these are meditations, rather. These are not questions. This is, these are not checklists. You know, these are these are these are just some questions that um, that that come up. You know, 
are you are you speaking from the heart or from memory? I mean, it's it's. But I, I um, I don't know. I, I, it's it's more like a gut thing, you know. For me, it's like a gut thing. Mm. Do I do I? Is 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 this reciting words about awareness, or is this awareness speaking? And, um, do you have any way in your own experience when you maybe have a sense that, you know, this might be a little bit of a fishy moment when I'm speaking the, the words of awareness, but I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm really fully here. Do you have any way of detecting that in your own experience? Yeah. Yeah. I always feel a bit sick and, uh, like something doesn't feel right, you know. It feels rehearsed. There's there's a, there's a kind of a sense of blockage, you know. There's a sense of um, that that was what I just said. That was to promote some kind of image of myself, you know. And I rather than rather than speaking the truth, that was that was that was said. That was that was spoken because I was I was in some kind of story, you know, or I was trying to promote some kind of image of myself, and it, it it's strange. Again, it's it's I think it's part of the intelligence of life. I it's you feel that somehow you feel that inauthenticity, and or at least sometimes I do anyway. It feels a bit yucky, you know. It, it feels kind of blocked. It feels it, what it feels is like is disconnection. I didn't really connect with that person, you know. And sometimes I can feel that in in bigger ways or much more subtle ways. But I think, again, it's somehow part of the the intelligence of life. Like, it, if you really listen to it, it will let you know where you're stuck mm. somehow. But I think you, on some level, you, you do you have to learn to listen to it. You know, like mm. listen to the stuckness, listen to the sense of disconnection. It's all intelligent. Like, don't don't push it away or that or that's a negative aspect of my experience. I should get rid of it. No, it's listen to it. The sense of disconnection, if you really listen to it, it can tell you so much. It's like I was saying before about the suffering in general, you know, it can tell you so much. If, 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 you know, you can somehow learn to turn towards it, you know, listen to it, you know, validate it. You know, say, so, yeah, actually, as Peter, you were saying, it, it, it really, it keeps you connected to your humanity. You know, thank God for suffering, you know, because it keeps you connected to your humanity. Peter, do you, do you have any way to know when you're mouthing the words of awareness, but you're not you're not really there? Yeah, it happens uh, very quickly. Uh, I mean, it can happen uh, three words into a sentence, four words into a sentence, and uh, again, for a lot of it, it, it uh, the the word I use is its tonality. It's like where the words are coming from. And that in a way I'm saying them for myself, not for the people I'm with. But I get it quickly, and I can hear it quickly, um, and I'll just stop mid-sentence quite often. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. When it happens, uh, I can just stop, I'll just stop mid-sentence, and I'll just say, uh, this doesn't need to be said. Um, that's enough. 
and I'll just be quiet, like reconnect, and open it up differently. Um, but yeah, it's tonality, and I, I'm, I'm sort of sensitive to that. And uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty rigorous in uh, not letting myself like get on a roll. It has that sense that you're just speak. I mean, it's strange because you can be saying the same thing that you said before and it's totally appropriate. Or you could be saying the same thing that you said before and you're not with the people that you're... I mean, you're there to be... If you're opening your mouth, speaking words aloud, it's there for people to be heard. And if that's not, like, the full reason for why you're opening your mouth, then you keep it closed. And what you're saying is to be of benefit, to be of support for people. If you're not reading that off their reception of what you're saying, then a correction needs to happen. So you make that correction, which could be just stopping what you're saying and being silent. Or, like, you're correcting yourself in mid-sentence. I don't know where I'm going here. Don't know why that's happening, and just like yeah, just stopping for a while, reconnecting, and being. Um, I mean, as a facilitator, I'm I facilitate a process. I'm not above or below anyone. The people I'm working with, I'm facilitating their access to awareness. That's the sole objective. And not telling them about it, but having them get resting in it, accessing it, recognizing it. So I just have one final question for you both, which is in thinking of having this conversation with the two of you, I thought to myself as I was filling up my glass of water and heading into the studio tonight, I thought, these are two of the warmest Sounds True authors that I've had the privilege to work with. They're both so warm. And uh, what I mean by that is whenever I'm with either one of you, uh, I, I I do have this sense of... Uh, heartful warmth. And I'd love to know, at a feeling level, for you, what the connection is between awareness and both of you in your own way having devoted your life to awareness and this quality of warmth. Wow, Tammy, you ask ask great questions. (laughs) I think we should just stop for a moment and honor Tammy's question. Yeah. Mm. She asked mm-hmm. great questions. My goodness. Mm. Well, well, I mean, what, what I would say is, uh, I think it relates to something we were saying before, you know, that it's, a, it's something to do with the paradox of knowing yourself as, you know, absolute, pristine, unconditioned, ever-present awareness. But at, at the very same time, you know, being the space where all all of humanity can arise you know, every, every thought every sensation every feeling 
in a sense, any anything that anyone has ever thought, anything that anyone has ever felt, you know, as awareness, all all of this stuff seems to be, or you could say, part of me. You know, it's not alien to me. It, it's not. I ne- I somehow never ever ever managed to to transcend <laughs> my humanity, and, and in, in a sense, it was the other way around. You know, the more I tried to transcend my humanity, the more the more my humanity came to smack me in the face, time and time and time again. Until it was like, oh, wait a second, pure unconditioned awareness and this deep sense of being human and being connected. They're not they're not in conflict. It's really the same thing. You know, and that that was that's huge really. You know that that it's like somehow on a on on the deepest level, I I understand you, I mean, whoever whoever you are, because you know beyond my story and past and future and blah blah blah, I my sadness is your sadness, my pain is your pain, you know, my fear is your fear, mm. you know, mm. on, on some deep <clears throat> incomprehensible level. We all go through basically the same stuff. We're all basically longing for the same thing, which is which is awareness, and which is which is home. So, you know, in a way, you know, getting more and more in touch with my own humanity and my own inability to escape the present moment really puts me more deeply in touch with with you, with with you know whoever you are. Um, that I, I am the same paradox that, that you are and I go through basically the same things as you do and my longings are basically your longings different details you know but same essence and maybe that I don't know maybe that's where what warmth, the warmth is I, I, it's certainly not something that I'm, I'm trying to do or, 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 or reach but it's um I think Peter said it before, you know, compassion, well, uh, compassion is, you know, uh, literally means, doesn't it, I, I, I suffer, I suffer with you. you know, so I guess that's what the warmth is, like Peter was saying before, you know, that deep, deep, profound recognition that my suffering is your suffering. And I guess that will naturally bring deep connection and, and warmth and, you know, kinship, you know. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I just say, I mean, I don't have really very little to add to that, except um, that, uh, yeah, I feel that when we're, like, with other people, with each other, with you, Tammy, like, without a big agenda, any agenda from our own side, then it really invites a real feeling space. Even though awareness is not a feeling, I know when I'm I'm teaching people, I'm saying this: it's feeling. It's a feeling state. It's a state of pure re- receptivity, like taking people in, and what we're taking in is the feeling, the feelings, and uh, the, just the intimacy of that being uncluttered ourselves so that we can really 
receive people, receive each other, receive ourselves really purely without distortion, no judgment at all. I mean, that's a beautiful thing to be offering people, just no judgment about them, no matter what's happening. And I think those things come across and they they come, they're felt as warmth, love, deep appreciation. And uh, we have that for you. And it's, it's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you both. I have a sense that this conversation was like a, a journey, if you will, at least for me. I feel uh, much differently here at the end than when we started. Uh, so thank you. Thank you both so much. Uh, thank, thank you, Tammy, and thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, it's been a delight. Uh, thank you so much, Tammy. And yeah, Peter, it was um, yeah, it was such a joy to, to connect in this in this space. It was re- really I feel a lot of love for both of you. Yeah, yeah. I've been speaking with Jeff Foster and Peter Fenner with Sounds True. Jeff Foster has written a book called The Deepest Acceptance, Radical Awakening in Ordinary Life. And that's also an audio series as well. And Peter Fenner has published a book with Sounds True called Radiant Mind, Awakening Unconditioned Awareness, a book and audio series You can see their materials at their author pages at SoundsTrue.com. SoundsTrue.com. Many voices, one journey. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening.